to Eve's Corner. Eve's Corner is a show of empowerment, encouragement, and enlightenment, and I'm so happy that you've joined on today. Our topic for today is what are you thinking? One of the things that happens to us as Christians is that when we are distracted in our thoughts, our bodies will very often follow our minds, or in other words, our thoughts lead to actions, and that's not always good. We've learned that it is imperative that we keep our minds stayed on God so that we can keep our souls and our bodies in check. And we're going to talk more about this on today. Our opening scripture is coming from the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Again, that's the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And we're going to begin at verse number 22. However, as usual, we're going to refer to some other scriptures to aid in our studies. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Ephesians, the 20 uh, verse, I'm sorry, chapter four and verse 22. It's important that we understand that when we upgrade our minds, we can upgrade our lives. Now, before we begin, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now, Lord, for our many blessings. We thank you, God, for how you've watched over us, God, and how you've kept us. Lord, we ask right now that you be in our midst on this afternoon, God. God, come in and give us clarity and understanding of your word. We desire, Lord, to know more about your will and your way. And your word says, if any man lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God. So, God, we're asking you right now to give us wisdom. Give us guidance, God. Lead us, Lord. We know that your word says that our steps are already ordered by you, God. So, we thank you now, God, that you already have a plan for our lives. We thank you now, God, that you have given us, according to the book of Jeremiah, an expected end. And your plans for us are good. And they're beneficial to us, God. So we thank you now for showing us 
your way. We thank you, God, for enlightening us on today. We pray now, God, a special blessing for those who may be listening, who are sick, those who may be shut in, those, God, who are afflicted. God, whether that's afflictions of the body or afflictions of the mind, God, we just pray right now, Lord, that you meet every need. We know, God, that you are our healer. You've proven yourself to us over and over again in the past, God. And we just ask you right now, God, to touch, heal, and deliver on today. We pray now, God, for those who are in need financially. We pray, God, for those who are in need emotionally. We pray now, God, for those who have special requests and have petitioned your throne on today, we set ourselves in agreement, God, with those individuals who are in need. We set ourselves, God, in agreement according to your word because your word lets us know that where two shall agree, God, you're going to perform your word. We already know, God, that you watch over your word to perform it. We already know, God, that you are faithful and we thank you, God, that your word will not return until you void. So, God, we speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. We speak deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. We say, God, that every need is met for everyone who is connected to this ministry in the name of Jesus. God, we glorify you and we praise you now for an opportunity to just be before your people on today. We glorify you and we praise you, God, for how you've already kept us and blessed us, God. God, we ask you right now that I may decrease and the spirit of the Lord increase in me. I pray, God, that my words come forth with clarity and understanding. I pray right now, God, that your people are blessed on today by this ministry. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray and we count it done by faith. Amen. Amen. So again, we're coming from the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We're going to begin at verse number 22. And the Bible reads, You were taught about your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. We've read verses uh, 22 through 24 of Ephesians chapter four. Um, and we're reading this morning from uh, the NIV version of the Bible. The grass will wither, the flowers will fade, but the word of the Lord will not pass away. And we're thankful on today that every word of God is true. So everything that God wants us to use for his glory. Have you noticed that the enemy will try to talk us into using it for him and for his kingdom? Satan has tried to twist things from the very beginning of time. Even since Adam and Eve, Satan has been taking what God said and trying to confuse God's people and causing them to doubt God. What he wants is for you to use what God has given you, whether it's spiritual or natural, to use in his kingdom. He doesn't want you to use your gifts and your talents for the kingdom of God. He wants you to use them for his kingdom. So, for example, you have a person who may be very friendly. However, they're not using that friendliness in the kingdom of God. They're using it instead to be a flirt and to take advantage of people. Another example, a person who may have 
a lot of money or be financially stable. Instead of them using the money to build up the kingdom of God, instead, they're taking their money and squandering it and having worldly habits like the prodigal son, doing things that shouldn't be done with the money until the money is gone. All of this is just examples of tricks of the enemy. Another trick of the enemy is that we can continue to live our lives, business as usual, and still call ourselves Christians. It's a trick. You can't go about your daily life just doing what you want to do, and then we call ourselves Christians. You can't do the things that you used to do. You can't go everywhere that you used to go. And you can't say everything that you're used to saying and still be strong enough to submit yourselves, spirit, soul, and body unto God. There has to become some type of change when you say that you're a Christian or when you become a Christian or when you confess Christianity. There has to be some type of change. And all of this starts in the mind. So either we're using our thoughts for good or... Your thoughts are using you for things that are not so good. And many times that's what happens. So that's what we're talking about on today. What are you thinking? Well, I've got good news for you. You don't have to act on everything that crosses your mind. I'm not saying things won't cross your mind, but you don't have to always act on it. The Bible lets us know that we can cast down those imaginations. It's not until you act on that late night text message that gets you in trouble. It's not until you act on the thought of cursing everybody out until you get in trouble. It's not until you act on not going back to church and just watching TV ministries that it becomes a problem. The thought is one thing, but it's our actions that every time get us in trouble if those thoughts are not of God. Now, the second thing I want you to be encouraged about on today is don't condemn yourself and walk around feeling guilty because negative things have crossed your mind. The enemy brings guilt and confusion. Guilt is not from God. Because if you're walking around in guilt, you're distracted and not walking in your calling effectively. We've got to be free to operate in our gifts. And if you're divided mentally, Eventually, you won't be able to stand. Once you've asked God for forgiveness and have truly repented, you don't have to dwell on what you did yesteryear. You don't have to dwell on the types of things that you thought. Repent and ask God to help you and to cleanse your mind so you can be free in Jesus' name. Because the word says that he who is the son is set free is free indeed. So we want to be free on today. We don't want to be caught up in bondage and, and caught up in guilt and what we used to do and letting the enemy make us think that we're not worthy of God's blessings. We're not worthy of God's benefits because we've made a mistake or we've done something wrong. So on today, I want you to put your spiritual thinking caps on. Begin to see your mind like a beautiful antique teacup. Now, we're going to empty this cup and we're going to clear some things out on today. Then we're going to wash it with the word of God. So right now, you can make the choice to clear your mind. Make the choice to be free from negativity. Make the choice to be free from worry and distress. Make the choice to be free from the works of the flesh. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, 
The works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. We want to be free from these fleshly, worldly things on today because these are the things that hinder us. We want to be free from those ungodly folks that we used to hang out with. We don't want to feel like, man, I'm missing the party. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm missing the crowd. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm missing my friends. Because if those people are ungodly and doing ungodly things, eventually they're going to persuade you and not the other way around. We want to be free from the folks on our jobs that get on our nerves. We need to be free on today from the people who mistreated you or did things to you in childhood that are still hindering you. Be free today from those people that didn't acknowledge you. We want to be free today and clear our minds and our thoughts from that person that told us when we were little that we would never be anything. We want to be free on today from depression in the name of Jesus. Be free on today from childhood torment. Be free on today from any rape or molestation or abandonment. Some of the folks who are listening today have gone through some major things, childhood abuse. And we get it. But you have to begin to be healed from these things. Begin to let your mind be free from these things. Let go of the past and let God truly and wholly heal you. Be free from feeling like you're not smart or feeling like you're not good enough. Be free from feeling like you're not pretty enough and you have to do things to be seen by men or men. Be free from feeling like you're not handsome enough and you need to do something foolish for a woman to pay attention to you. You have to be healed. If you're not healed, we won't improve. We have to be healed. So we want to begin today by being free from the things that are occurring in our minds. Be free from the thoughts of doing things that are ungodly, women especially, to provide for your family. You don't have to do something strange to make some change, as they say. Be free from jealousy. Be free from envy and hatred, wrath, maliciousness. Some of us are just so petty. Stop being so petty. Be free from that on today. Some of us need to get over that con artist mindset. I'm going to get them before they get me. Be free in Jesus' name on today. Give it all to Jesus. You can let go of it right now in the name of Jesus. And now let's be cleansed with living water. That water, like Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well, that will cause us to never thirst again. This living water is Jesus. He is renewing you right now, even as we speak. He's refreshing you. Let him cleanse you and make you whole right now. There's no better time. There is no better place. Let God go into your empty places and fill those voids right now in the name of Jesus. Let him fill you up and replace those negative thoughts. Let him fill you up right now with the fruit of the spirit. Let go of the bondage and be free in Jesus' name. God is not going to leave you empty. Know that he wants to fill you up with his spirit right now. His Holy Spirit. 
which leads us and guides us to all truth. Be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians 5 and 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Be filled with joy. Be filled on today with peace and forbearance. Be filled on today with kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And the Bible lets us know in Galatians 5 that in such there is no law. Now we have some new things to think about. Begin now to think about some good things. In the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, in verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, then these are the types of things that we should be thinking about. He said, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, then these are the things that you should be practicing. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, why do you think it's necessary to keep your mind renewed? Well, one reason is because a house that divided, that's divided can't stand. In layman's terms, because a boggled mind can't be productive. You can't be effective. You can't efficiently do what you need to do for God because you're distracted. So we have to constantly put on the mind of Christ to continue to walk in victory. You have to continue to remind yourself who you are. You are blessed of the Lord and highly favored. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. The other reason that this is important is because continuous thoughts can provoke your words and they can provoke actions. And if it's negative thoughts, it can lead to negative actions. That's plain and simple. Of course, if there are good thoughts and godly thoughts, then those will lead to good actions and good words. So we need to always stay on top of our thoughts. There is never a time to just allow a negative thought to remain. So if you have to pray, if you have to stop and turn up Christian music while you're driving or maybe while you're on your job to keep your mind, your mouth, and your actions aligned with the word of God, then that's what you need to do. Whatever it takes. Because you can't really afford to be snapping out on your job. We have to always be about the father's business. And yes, I know sometimes people do try to test you. People do try to push you into saying or doing things that, you know, are ungodly. I get it. But guess what? It's really the enemy using them. So if you see it for what it is, see Satan trying to tempt you through that person to get you off track from what it is that God will have you to do. Then it helps you to recognize the necessity in making sure that you don't snap out and you don't go off. It's that simple. Know that it's the enemy simply trying to use them. And we already know that we have authority over him in the first place. One of the biggest attacks of the enemy is the mind. 
once he has your attention and begins to make suggestions to you, he then begins to isolate you from those that love you and those that care about you. He wants to isolate you from church. He wants to isolate you from your family. And it begins this game of divide and conquer because now he's got you out there by yourself. Now that you're out there by yourself and you think that everybody else is against you, guess what? He's going to beat up on you. Now you begin to sit around and look at everybody and you're suspicious of everybody. And the real truth is they're looking at you thinking, what in the world is wrong with him? What in the world is wrong with her? They think you're crazy. Have you ever noticed that there are some ethnicities or people from varying backgrounds who work together really well as a group or as a team? Much better than others. Those groups have decided that if one of us wins, then we all win. And it doesn't matter if we have to take turns being at the top or being in charge. Those groups get it. And they decide that we're all going to help each other. And we'll all be successful individually as well as collectively. But have you noticed that there are some other groups that cannot work together? That cannot decide on a common goal? And each person usually thinks that the other people are out to get them. So on the side, they're devising a separate plan outside of the group because you're not going to let them do better than you. So in this second group, no one wins. No one is successful. And each person would rather struggle separately because there's no trust or no unity. Don't you know that this division started first in their minds and then it moved to their actions? And then no one wins because they couldn't couldn't get past that battle that started in their heads. Therefore, we have to constantly ask God to renew our minds. And we have to stay before the Lord by keeping our minds on Jesus and concentrate on the things of God So that we can be in perfect peace. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts thee. You can't be at peace by trusting in houses and cars. You can't be at peace by trusting in your finances or trusting in your job. Because those things come and go. But if you would keep your mind on Jesus, you'll find that you have a peace that even you can't explain. You'll find yourself in situations that according to the rest of the world, you should be stressed out. You should have lost your mind. You should be on all kind of nerve medicine. You should be sitting up in a a straight jacket in a room with padded walls because of some of the things That you've been able to overcome because you're at peace and you trust in God. Because you begin to focus on the things of God and his mercy and his grace. Because you begin to focus on how if he did it before, he can do it again. Because instead of being worried, you begin to focus on his faithfulness and just how good he's already been. Those are the things That will keep you in peace. And other folks simply can't understand. Why you haven't lost your mind. Why you haven't hauled off. And hurt or injured somebody. 
They can't even understand why you're not snapping out at work. It's because your mind is stayed on Jesus and he keeps you at peace. So my question today is simply this. What are you thinking? Are you thinking about what the doctor said? Are you thinking about what the lawyer said? Or are you focused on what Jesus, your healer and your deliverer has said? Are you focused on what the bill collector said? Or are you meditating on the fact that Jehovah Jireh, your provider, has already told you he's meeting your every need? Are you thinking about what that person in your past said when they lied and told you that you would never accomplish anything? Or are you thinking about where the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? What are you thinking? Do you spend time meditating on what God is saying to you? Or do you spend your time thinking about what people have said or done to you? I'll admit it's not easy. And if you're attempting to do it by yourself, I want you to know that it's necessary that we put on the mind of Christ. We need Jesus. We can't do this by ourselves. In our natural minds, We're going to struggle. But the scripture says in Philippians 2 that if we put on the mind of Christ, that we are not only unified with him, but we share his spirit. But we also have his love and his compassion. We're not selfish or conceited, but we're humble, obedient and value others above ourselves. So if we have these Christ-like character traits that are talked about in Philippians 2, that means that we've put away the mindset of the natural man or the worldly man, but that we now have a renewed and a transformed mind. So having a renewed mind means that there has been a transformation. And in Romans 12 Beginning at the second verse, Paul focuses on one essential means of transformation, and that is the renewal of the mind. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's how you make a transformation. That's how change is made. So if you desire to be free from conformity to the world, If you desire to be transformed and new from the inside out, because you can't do it from the outside in. But if you want to be made new from the inside out, if you desire to be free from feeling like Christianity is a lot of work and rather it becomes what you love to do. Because you love to do what's right in the sight of God rather than, you know, you feeling like, oh, this is a bunch of work. It's always something with being a Christian. No. Once your mind is transformed, you just recognize that the things that you're doing are simply the right thing to do. If you desire to offer up your body as a living sacrifice so that your whole life becomes a spiritual act of worship and displays the worth of Christ 
above the worth of the world, then you must submit yourself to pursuing the renewal of your mind. Because the Bible says this is the key to transformation. Again, you can't do it by yourself. Don't be conformed to the ways of this world. But you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I guess some of you may ask, well, what's wrong with the human mind? Why does your mind need renewing? And then for some of us, we're thinking, well, what does renewal look like? There are some people who are listening on today. They're like, well, I'm a good person. But if your mind hasn't been transformed again, you can't do it by yourself. There are a lot of people who think that the only problem with the human mind is that it doesn't have access to all the knowledge it needs. So then for these people, education becomes their pursuit. They think that if people just got more education, then they could use their minds to invent and create and resolve. And we'd simply have all the answers. Well, in Ephesians 4 and 23, Paul uses a phrase that's parallel to Romans 12 and 2. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, what is that? Well, the spirit of your mind, it means, for example, the reason that you can't just change your attitude or change your character by yourself. It's because your brain is not just a computer where you can simply download data or remove specific data and then replace it with something else. The mind has a spirit. In other words, our mind has what we call a mindset. It doesn't just have a view. It has a viewpoint. It doesn't just have the power to perceive and detect. It also has a posture, a demeanor, a bearing, and an attitude. So be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's necessary. The problem with our mind is that our natural mind thinks natural thoughts. So if God doesn't do it, you cannot change by yourself. It's not enough to simply say, well, I'm a good person. It's not enough. That's what's, what's wrong with our minds. Our minds are natural and carnal. And it takes more than changing your mind today. Our thoughts need a corresponding action. The Bible lets us know that faith without works is dead being alone. So if you look at verses 1 and 2 of Romans 12, verse 1 says that we should present our bodies, that is, our whole active life, as a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual service of worship. So the aim of all life is worship? Yes, you were created to worship God. So we have to cause our bodies to align with the plan of God for our lives. That is, we are to use our bodies, our whole lives, to display who we say we are in everything we do. So now it makes perfect sense when verse 2 says that for that to happen, our minds have to be renewed. Why? Because our minds are not by nature God-worshipping minds. Your flesh doesn't want to worship God. Your flesh doesn't want to give. Your flesh doesn't want to love. Your flesh does not want to live holy. Your flesh wants everything that feels good at the moment. Your flesh craves worldly things. But 
once your mind is renewed by surrendering your will and your way, and you exchange your ungodly thoughts and ungodly actions and begin to put on the mind of Christ and submit everything about your life to God, then your desires begin to change and your actions begin to change. It is truly necessary for you to change what you watch on TV, change what you listen to on the radio, and change the types of conversations that you have with other people. You have to change your activities for you to even want to submit to the will of God. If nothing changes, your internal thoughts will persuade your external actions and vice versa. It's hard to live saved and stay at the club. It's hard to live saved and never go to church and hear the word. It's hard to expect God to bless your finances and then you do what you want to do with your money. You're not even thinking about tithes and offering. You're not even thinking about giving or helping the community, helping your church. So let me be clear. A single thought would neither make or break a life. But a habit of thought will. You cannot think defeat and be victorious. Just as you can't concentrate on sin and live holy. You're fooling yourself if you think so. The subconscious mind responds only to mental images. It doesn't matter if the image is self-induced. It doesn't matter if it's an image from the external world. But it's necessary to bring your thoughts into captivity. And the word of God will wash and cleanse your mind. And this has to be done continuously. So that means you have to stay in the word of God. It can't be like a part-time job and you go when you feel like it. It means that we have to cast down imaginations and anything that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God is not of God. Anything that's contrary to the word of God is not of God. If you're feeling like you have thoughts of, I should just walk over there and slap that cashier that messed up my order. No, that's not of God. Anything that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God needs to be cast down, needs to be removed, There needs to be a change. And as we stay in the word of God, then we can replace those ungodly thoughts with new thoughts. You see, if you always think the way you've always thought, then you'll always get what you've always received. You're going to have to be willing to think differently. And if you want your life to be different, that's what's necessary. No more defeat. But replace it with victory. No more hatred. But you can replace it with love. No more turmoil. But you can concentrate on peace. So very quickly, I want to give you four steps to having a renewed mind. Step one, ask the Lord to guard And direct your mind. Very simple, right? Your mind is a place of your intellect, 
your reasoning, your intentions. So your behavior begins in your mind. And your mind is also where spiritual transformation happens, according to Romans 12 and 2. Know that the object of your regular thinking will determine how your days, your years, and ultimately your life plays out. It all starts in the mind. So if you sit around all day, every day, thinking negative thoughts, then guess what? Eventually, you're going to do something negative. Your actions are going to follow. Step two, recognize that the source of self-focused and self-defeating thoughts is Satan. You have to know who your enemy is, and we do have a real live enemy out there. All of these negative thoughts come from the enemy. Because he wants you to fall. He wants you to mess up. He doesn't want you to live holy. He doesn't want you to do the right things. So given that your behavior begins in your mind. And the mind is where spiritual transformation has to happen. Is it any surprise that the adversary wants to mess with your thinking? It's got to be his favorite first attempt. To distract and disarm Christians. And usually it works. We forget that he's already a defeated foe. Recognize the enemy. And fight him with the power of God. And with scriptural truth. So anytime the enemy comes and tells you. Nobody loves you. Then you come back with scripture. No. The word of God says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him might live and won't perish and have everlasting life. Anytime the enemy comes at you, then you come back with the word. So that means that you really need to study the word. It means that you need to have a few standard scriptures. Already in the back of your mind. And how does that happen? It happens by studying the word. The word lets us know that we have to study to show ourselves approved. So that means that you need to be in church more. You need to be in Sunday school. You need to be in Bible study. So you can get a better understanding of the word of God. So anytime the enemy comes at you. You battle him. With the truth. You're already victorious in Jesus' name. You already have power over the enemy in Jesus' name. But many, most of the time, many of us don't use that authority that God has already given us. He's already given you the authority. So use it. Know who that enemy is. Take that word of God and apply it to your body. When your body is sick, you come back with scriptural truth. When the enemy says, you ain't going to get well. Say, no, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Let them know that the stripes that Jesus took caused you to be healed. So Jesus already defeated sickness. And that's whether it's sickness of the mind or sickness of the body. When the enemy comes and tries to confuse you. 
come back and be like, no, the scripture says the confusion is not of God. When the enemy tries to cause you to be afraid, then you need to come back and say, oh, no, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. You have to know. Because if you have a thought that does not line up with the word of God, guess what? It ain't God. So therefore, you need to know what God says about every situation in your life. When the enemy says, oh, no, you're going to have to go out there and do something strange to make some change. No, devil, you're a liar. Because God is my provider. He said, I don't even have to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. He says that a good father gives his children what they have need of. So my needs are already met, devil. You are lying in Jesus' name. I'm not going to do anything ungodly to make some money. You ain't got to go out there and, as they say, hustle to make some money to provide for your children. You don't have to do any of those things. The devil is a liar. He will lie to you and he will tell you that you have no choice. He will lie to you and he'll tell you that there's no way for you to make it unless you do something illegal. That's why so many men are in jail right now because they were trying to do something fast. They were trying to hustle, trying to do something quick to make some money. Guess what? The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So what you need to do is work instead of trying to do something fast, trying to do something quick. It's very simple. Apply scriptural truth. And stand in the power of God. Stand in the authority that God has already given you over the enemy. He's a defeated foe. We're supposed to keep him under our feet. What is he doing up talking to you when he's supposed to be under your feet? Get those thoughts out of your head. Use your God-given authority. Recognize him for who he is. Don't think that, oh, you know, my friend came to me with this suggestion. Mm -mm, they were being used by the enemy, whether they meant to or not. If it's not from God, it's from the, from the enemy. It's from Satan. So you don't even have to be confused about whether or not to act on the thought. Use your God-given authority. Step three. Replace self-focused thinking with a God-focused mindset. After praying for the Lord to protect your mind and after you recognize the enemy, you have a choice. Will you train your brain to concentrate on the things of God or will you let your mind be consumed by the things of this world? To focus your mind on God requires some work. It's simple. It does require work. It's not an overnight success. It's something that you have to work at every day and every night. But we have to be intentional. And we have to set our minds on Jesus Christ and not allow our minds to go anywhere that it just wants to go. So when your mind starts reminiscing on previous boyfriends or previous girlfriends, and you know that you're married and you have a family, that's the enemy. Train your mind and do not allow it to go where it wants to go. 
when you've gotten saved and you're in church, sitting there even in the middle of service. And you get a text from Mr. Wrong. Or brothers, when when you're in bed at night, it's 11 o'clock at night and you get a text from Miss Wrong. And you're trying to live holy and you're trying to be saved. And here it is, these people pop up that you haven't heard from. And now your mind goes back to the things that you used to do with that person. The devil is a liar. Train your mind so that it does not go anywhere that it just wants to go. You are in control. We know where it will go. Your mind is going to go someplace that's not good. So you have to train your mind by keeping your mind on Christ, keeping your mind on the word of God, keeping your mind on the things of God, keeping your mind on how God has already blessed you and kept you. Because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. And he is the life. You didn't really even have a life before you got saved. You didn't really even have a life before you began to have a relationship with God and gave your life to God. But don't you know that just because you got saved doesn't mean that there's nothing else to do at this point. That's not the end. That's the beginning. Salvation is the beginning. So we have to make sure that we have a God-focused mindset. Because I'm telling you now, the enemy will come in and he'll use whomever. It doesn't even have to be old boyfriends or old girlfriends. It could be about finances. Yeah, when you was out there in the street and you was hustling, you had plenty of money. Now you live in check to check. Keep your mind on Jesus because there is a way that God has already set up for us to handle our finances. And it begins with tithes and offering. It doesn't tell you to go back to hustling and do something extra. No. But the enemy will always try to come and put thoughts in your mind. So you have to ensure that you are focused on the things of God. You have to ensure that even when you get ready to go to bed at night, you're focused on the things of God. You have to do that. It's work. I'm telling you, it is work. But it's up to you to do so. When your mind begins to make you feel defeated. When your mind wants to take you back and tell you, yeah, your mama said you wasn't going to be nothing. Yeah, your daddy said you wouldn't amount to anything. Yeah, your grandma said that you wasn't pretty enough or you wasn't light enough or you wasn't dark enough. You have to train your mind to focus on God and not on those people, not on your past not on that school teacher that said that you weren't smart and you couldn't amount to anything. Whoever it was, wherever those negative thoughts come from, you have to ensure that you set your mind on Jesus Christ. Ensure that he is where your hopes and dreams are focused. Ensure that he is where you know your destiny lies. Ensure that he is where your truth comes from because the world and the enemy will tell you all kinds of things. Your body will tell you all kinds of things, but you have to cause them to align with the word of God. And you do that by keeping your focus on the Lord.
Step four is repeat steps one through three consistently. This can't be done every now and then. We have to constantly win the battle over our minds and that real live enemy who wants us to fail. Paul said in Romans, the seventh chapter, beginning at the 15th verse, I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I don't want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it. But it's the sin living in me that does it. And in verse 21, he says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. He said, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. And that's how we are, people of God. We really do want to do good. But because of the sin nature that's in us, we find ourselves doing the things that we don't want to do. We find ourselves doing the things that... We said we would never do again. I'm never calling him again. I'm never calling her again. And then we go right back and do it. Or we say, I'm going to stop cursing. I have got to stop talking like this. And then we go back and do it again. It's because of the sinful nature that lives in us. He said, but I see another law in verse 23 and work in me. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin and work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But verse 25, people, is where you should get excited. He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind, I'm a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Again, people of God, we cannot do this by ourselves. Our natural man will always be at war with our spiritual man. But as we keep our minds on Jesus, as we remain obedient to his word, he will always cause us to be victorious in every aspect of our lives. So what are we going to do? Again, I'm going to go back through the steps. They sound simple. They sound easy. But I'm telling you right now, it does take work. In order to pull our minds back to the word of God, in order to keep our minds on the word of God, We have to ensure that we are staying before God. There's no other way to do it. We cannot do it by ourselves. So again, going back to the steps, looking back at at what it is that, that 
God has revealed to us on today. Again, keeping our mind on God, making sure that we recognize that there is a real live enemy and in making sure that we are focused on the things of God. Don't focus on the world. Don't focus on the enemy. You don't have to focus on what Satan is doing. Just keep your mind on the Lord. Keep your mind on the Lord. So again, if you don't have them written down just yet, this is your opportunity. Step one, ask the Lord to guard and direct your mind. We have to have God to help us with this. We cannot do it by ourselves. Step two, recognize the source of self-focused and self-defeating thoughts is Satan. Recognize him for who he is. He is your enemy. He ain't trying to help you. He's not trying to do anything for you. It's all about him trying to get you on his side. It's all about him trying to thwart your behaviors and throw you off and, and cause you to miss God. And step three, replace those that self-focused thinking with a God-focused mindset. It's not about you because we're selfish. It's all about us in our minds and our natural man. But replace that. With a God-focused mindset. How do you do that? You set your mind on Jesus Christ. Step four, repeat steps one through three consistently. This is how we do it. This is how we're able to make it. What are you thinking? Stop sometimes when when you're thinking about things that are wrong and, and pull yourself back in. You can do it. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it with God. Don't feel like you're defeated. Don't sit back and think about all the things that you don't have. Anytime the enemy gets you captivated like that and stuck on what you don't have and the things that are going wrong in your life, you stop and you replace every last one of those things with the truth, which is the word of God. You stop and you begin to praise God and worship God for the things that he's already done. You stop and begin to tell yourself, oh no, that's a lie. That's the enemy. Wait a minute. I'm blessed. I'm healed in Jesus name. I'm delivered. All of my needs are met. Whatever it is that the enemy begins to tell you, you stop right then and there. And take control of those thoughts that are coming across your mind that are ungodly. You have the power and the authority to do so because Jesus gave it to you. He already won that battle against the enemy. So stop thinking negatively. Stop walking around with your head down. Stop feeling like you're defeated. Stop feeling like you're never going to accomplish your goals. Stop feeling like it's over. Stop feeling like you've come to the end of the road and that's the end of your life. And there's never going to be anything better. The devil is a liar. He'll tell you anything. But you begin to make your confession According to the word of God, you begin to declare and decree that the word of God is so you begin to cause your body to line up with the word of God. No, I'm not going over there in response to this text message. No, I'm not going to go do something strange to make some change. No, I'm not going to go hit somebody in the head and rob a bank in order to provide for my family because then I'm just going to be in jail and it's wrong to steal. I'm not going to do those things. I'm not going to curse out my boss because I need my job. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to pray and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do the things I'm supposed to do for my job. Now, I didn't say that you can't look for something else, but there's a way to do anything. So do not allow the enemy to make you snap out on the cashier. 
Do not allow the enemy to make you go to a restaurant and be rude to the waitress because she made one mistake. Do not allow yourself to get caught up in the ways of the world because the Bible lets us know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we are required to live holy. We are required to do what's right in the sight of God. We are required to obey God. And where does it begin? It begins in the mind. The mind begins to cause thoughts and those thoughts begin to cause actions. And then those things become habitual if we allow it. So stop it right now. Stop it on today. If you're in the midst of that moment and the enemy is beginning to tell you, see, see, I told you, see, stop listening to that. Stop listening to those voices that tell you that you're not successful and you haven't done anything. Stop listening to those voices in Jesus name. Walk in your authority in Jesus name. Be set free on today from the captivity of the sinful thoughts that come to your mind in Jesus name. You can be free on today. Thank you so much for joining on today. In addition to our biweekly radio show and podcast, which is Eve's Corner, Campbell Ministries is doing some great things in the community. Campbell Ministries also founded Your Big Sister's Closet. This ministry provides prom dresses for young ladies who otherwise would not be able to attend the prom. These dresses are collected and cleaned all year long to prepare to provide dresses for seniors of all sizes and all backgrounds. So if you have gently used prom dresses or formal wear, please donate them by mailing them to P.O. Box 16214 Jackson, Mississippi, and that zip is 39236. Also, Campbell Ministries offers career readiness, career relevance, business etiquette, and life skills seminars for churches and the community at large. To get more information about scheduling these large group seminars, please email your proposal and anticipated headcount to acampbell681 at ymail.com. Again, you can email your proposal and your anticipated headcount to acampbell681 at ymail.com. Campbell Ministries is also offering products. For a donation of at least $12, you can obtain a one-ounce bottle of holy anointing oil that has been prayed for and blended according to scripture in the book of Exodus. In fact, some of you may know that anointing oil is kind of expensive, so this is a good rate. Again, you can get one for $12, two for $20, or three for $30. So buying in bulk will save you money. You can send in your request or write us at acampbell681 at ymail.com or you may go to my website, campbellministries.com or campbellministries.org and click on the donate button. Then leave a note with your request for oil and how many you need. You can also send your request by regular mail and that address again is P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi 39236. As you know, as with all other spiritual tools, the real power comes from God. Anointing oil is a symbol of your faith in God and in God's ability to cleanse and make things holy. Without faith, anointing oil will not have any positive effect. You can use oil to help strengthen and demonstrate your faith, but you cannot use it to replace faith. So I encourage you to get some oil to anoint your house, anoint yourself, anoint your children. Get some extra bottles for your office. Keep one in your purse. Keep one in your car. Give one to your spouse. It is necessary in this day and time, people of God, to pray without ceasing. Now, on September 1st, 2018, 
from 10 to 2 p.m., Campbell Ministries is hosting our annual Community Business Expo. This huge event will be held at Jackson Medical Mall and is free to the public to attend. This is an opportunity to come out to network and learn more about businesses found in your community. There will be raffle drawings and there will be giveaways. There will also be business seminars going on during the event on how to get started in business, business integrity, and how to remain relevant. This is just what our community needs. And if you're interested in being a vendor and you'd like to display your business as an entrepreneur, this is a great opportunity for you. Please contact me to get it all set up. You can send me an email, acampbell681 at ymail.com. Don't miss this event. I'll send you some other information, send you the details once you send me an email. Again, that's acampbell681 at ymail.com. Do not miss this event. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, just come out to learn more about businesses. Many of us have gifts and things that we do in our hands. We have things that we create. We have business mindset, but sometimes we don't know how to go about marketing and things of that nature. And then lastly, if you're interested in setting up speaking engagements, you can reach me at P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. If you'd like to know more about the ministry, you can visit the website, www.campbellministries.com. And if you're in the Jackson, Mississippi area, please stop by the Wordful Gospel Baptist Church. We're located at 3023 Percy V. Simpson Drive, again in Jackson, Mississippi. The Word is a mighty good place. We just want to love on you, teach you about the Word of God. And help you to stand strong in this day of time, day and time. Again, until next time, be blessed. <music>